0: and welcome to this week's Cycling Industry News Podcast. We bring this to you in association with Zyro Fisher. I'm here with ODI's Colby Young, and we are here to uh, talk partly about ODI, but also about Colby's background in uh, merchandising. He's uh, He's got quite a bit of background here. Do you want to lead us in with that? Tell us, uh, what, what you've done with ODI and, and previously?
1: Sure, I, uh, I'm currently the ODI brand manager, so I manage the uh, bicycle and power sports divisions for ODI. I've uh, been with the company now for 20 years, uh, started out in one of our other divisions that actually sells uh, point of sale and merchandising products, so uh, kind of Cut my teeth um, originally right out of college in the point-of-sale merchandising industry, uh, learning about that side of the business, and then brought that over with me when I started working more in the ODI division.
0: Okay, and. Uh some of your point of sale material here is, uh, is quite impressive. What have you brought into the range in the past few years to make it easier for customers in store to get to grips with the product? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it.
1: No pun intended, right? So... Um, the, the big thing for us is we make a tactile product, that it's something that people really need to touch and feel to understand. It's also a very personal product, so we really try to get the product out from behind glass and into the consumer's hands. So We have quite a few um, displays that we've done over the years that have been designed to encourage interaction. and. You know, there's some psychology to, you know, when the uh, customer holds a product for a certain amount of time, they start to identify it more as something that's their product or it's, it's something that they they want to uh, to leave the store with. So we try to encourage that interaction and get them to to touch and feel and really, um, you know, get a good feel for what, what they like and what works for them. Um, some of the stuff that we brought out recently is we've been using a lot more uh, magnetic type displays where Uh, Consumers can actually take the the product off of the display, interact with it, and then it goes back really easily. It's really easy to track for the retailer, really easily updated as well, Um, and seems to be working really well. Mm. Some of the history, though, uh, and some of the stuff that um, we've talked about separately is we started out with um, some point-of-sale displays, and, and we did some initial tracking on our sales in stores that had the full merchandise pop display versus stores that were just merchandising kind of randomly on the wall and we found um, on average we did about 66 percent better in um, sales wise when we had a fully merchandised pop display versus just kind of um, unmerchandised products sitting on the wall um, we attributed that to a few different factors one is creating uh, an isolated space that really helps sell the product and the brand and two is that you know, one of the things I mean by fully merchandised is, is a full color range and really eye-catching, and uh, you know gets them the product in the decision set so that they can actually you know pay attention to it versus looking at kind of a hodgepodge of products on the wall. It's really hard to kind of identify any one particular product. Mm.
0: So it's quite important then to stand out amongst the, the sea of other brands that might be in store. Um, ODI does that quite well. You've got lots of colorful products. Um, and, and to, to get here, you've, you've, you've essentially looked at the psychology alongside uh, bike shops. Is that is that right? You've uh, yeah, we try watch the consumer a little bit.
1: We try to watch every step of the way. So yeah. we, we watch. Uh, we do a lot of um, interaction direct with consumers. We're at a lot of events and do a lot of uh, ride alongs with dealers and reps and distributors. Um, and we want, we want to see how the consumers uh, react to the product, but also see how the bike shops react and, and what fits for their style. So our current displays are very small footprint, easily placed on a, on a parts counter or something uh, where the, the consumer might have some free time to, to mm-hmm. look at something while somebody's either working on their bike or pulling a product for them or, or getting some other information. Um, we also look at you know the distribution side and, and what works through them and makes it easy for them to supply something to the stores. Um, so we, we try to, you know, we, uh, um, one of the things we, we always like to say is that we try to innovate at every level. So, um, you know, manufacturing, uh, packaging, distribution, and point of sale.
0: Yeah. Do you find that countertop is particularly effective for a, a type of product like Grips?
1: Countertop can be effective if the shop is set up for it. Um, it's one of those areas that the customer has some, some downtime and... Um, you know, it's why at any of the uh, supermarkets that you go to, you'll see a lot of uh, impulse items right next to the cash registers. So it's one of those great areas to kind of get those um, well-priced kind of impulse type purchases. And so they can be really effective if you, if you have the space and the shop is set up correctly. Um, but for the shops to, to really capitalize on that, they have to lay out the shop. Properly, if it's too crowded or too cluttered, it's going to actually turn the consumer off rather than invite engagement.
0: Is there any tip you would have for the retailer to uh, avoid those turnoffs? Uh, what what doesn't work, in your uh, opinion?
1: In my opinion, and from what I've seen, is overly crowded. Um, when you can't really visually uh, isolate any one product, it makes it a lot harder. Um, the other thing is, is just kind of when it comes to tactile products is putting them behind glass or putting one of the worst things that we can see retailers do is putting grips behind the countertop or behind uh, a counter where the mm. customer actually can't interact at all. Um, that is one of the, the best ways to ensure that your grip cells drop. Having them out and in the open um, and where customers can inter- interact with them will, will definitely help your sales.
0: Aside from grips, we, we hear that when you walk into the store, okay. things that are... At eye level, uh, tend to work particularly well at capturing the attention and also the the journey through store. If anything that you want to sell is obscured, then uh, perhaps bring the channels, uh, the the sight lines in a little bit more. Have you got anything to say on that?
1: Uh, I haven't gotten into as much of the full store layout. I've done some research on this, but um, definitely there is a, a psychology to placement. Um, and there is a way that you can merchandise to kind of help customers better self-identify with what level of product, um, you know, the, the easiest being, you know, the more expensive stuff at eye level and kind of a higher up on the shelf and the more economical products towards the bottom, uh, it just kind of visually represents the relative, uh, value on, on those products. Um. And we've done some some work with some companies on on that level of merchandising, but we haven't been able to roll out like we don't have enough product yet to do like a a full wall merchandise product. But um, as far as visually, I'd say, you know, keeping products in an easily identifiable area so that people can um, locate what they're looking for quickly. Uh, works really well, but you know another trick that you know putting the milk in the back of the grocery store Putting grips at the back of the store is, is a pretty good idea You get them to walk through as many other products as you mm. can on the way to get uh, a item that they replace quite frequently
0: Yeah, the journey through stores uh, quite important. Do you do you find that um, with different demographics? It, it could work differently like for example if uh, You know kids they they walk in and they grab the grips first um, for, for different customers is it advisable to Maybe think differently in different segments of the store.
1: I think you have to look at uh, how the customer is going to interact with the product and you have to yes. set it up for their type of interaction. yeah So yeah definitely it can be different um, depending on the, the different segments of the market um, and how you want how you present it should fit their the customers' view of themselves. Um, if they see themselves as a high-end consumer, you want to make sure that you have a high-end display that, that reflects that. If it's more of kind of an everyday item, then um, you know you can waste a lot of money trying to get too high-end of a display on that side of things. Um, haven't really got into a lot of the cultural differences yet, but that's something that you know, we're looking into more and more on, as far as you know Europe versus the United States and how consumers react differently to different types of displays and yeah. that sort of thing.
0: And so we're here at Eurobike and um, we've just been on your booth. Is there anything new that the dealers should keep an eye out for the year ahead?
1: Um, there's definitely some new stuff that uh, we don't actually have out for the public yet that um, I would definitely keep an eye out for. Um, right now, the, the biggest thing I would say is the... Um, the Elite Pro grips have been really killing it for us. It, it solves a, a problem that a lot of customers have where um, they want more padding out of their grip, but they don't want to have a giant bulky grip that can cause extra arm pump if it doesn't fit their hand. So we've been having really good success with products like that that have kind of a, a hybrid between, um, you know, it's it's got a lot of padding, but isn't a very thick grip. So it makes it really easy for people to hold on to. Excellent
0: okay well uh, thank you for your time here at eurobike today and we'll uh, let you go back to the show floor where things are very busy <laughs> thanks for usual. having me here I appreciate right. it cheers thank you for tuning in once more we bring you each episode with the support of zyro fisher log on to their b2b at zyrofisherb2b.co.uk for the latest updates from the likes of santini sram and gyro and many more